0: Hello and welcome to the Varmint's Podcast. Every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you the listener on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. I'm Curtis and I'm not an animal expert.
1: I'm Donna and I'm also not an animal expert.
0: Today we're going to have animal class where we educate ourselves about a lesser known animal, in this case, the Australian coal. There not enough information about an animal to create a regular podcast episode we change it up and turn it into animal class so get your number two pencils sit up straight spit out that gum and get ready for some animal exam cram time also put that cell phone down and take good notes because there'll be a quiz at the end of the lecture
1: First, the news.
0: Today's news comes from Southern California, where a new cougar passage is being constructed over a 10-lane freeway to connect an isolated population of cougars. Nice. It was a private project, actually, not state-funded. They originally did not think that they were going to be able to get funding, but they ended up doubling the amount of funding they were supposed to get. It's broken ground and it's supposed to come into... It's supposed to be completed in 2025. Nice. And it will hopefully keep the uh, cougars in Southern California out of what they are calling a... I think they call it a death vortex. Right. They had no way of crossing this immense freeway that they had down there. Partners include the National Wildlife Federation, National Park Service, Caltrans Mountains Recreation and Conservation Authority, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, Santa Monica Mountains Conservancy, the Resource Conservation District of Santa Monica Mountains, and the architectural firm Living Habits LLC, amongst many others. Because the project spans an interstate, Caltrans will oversee the design and uh, construction. Caltrans, I think, is California Transportation Agency. Right. It'll be 200 feet long, 165 feet wide, and it will be the largest of its kind in the world. Wow. And it will serve as a lifeline for small, isolated populations of cougars in the Santa Monica Mountains to the south, and the Simi Hills and the Santa Susana Mountains to the north. It said there are 12 to 15 mountain lions, and they have the lowest genetic diversity documented for the species, aside from the critically endangered Florida panther. Scientists suspect they face an extinction possibility of somewhere between 16 and 28 percent in the next 50 years. Wow. And fortunately, this will probably help because it has been demonstrated quite conclusively that wildlife overpasses and underpasses work.
1: We did talk about that in our last episode, actually, with the pronghorn.
0: Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, We can upgrade existing culverts and do all sorts of other things. So that's the news. Hooray! Hooray for overpasses. Animal overpasses.
1: Animal overpasses rock. Just a reminder, everybody, go to varmints.podbean.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and on Instagram at at varmintspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. We have a Pinterest board managed by a wonderful Varminion. Go to pinterest.com slash varmintspodcast and look at all the pretty pictures. If you want Varmint's merchandise, visit Redbubble, put Varmint's podcast into the search engine there and look at our cool merchandise. If you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast. We are everywhere podcasts are found and word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow. So today I am going to learn about the qual. (coughs)
0: What have our minions? Colonel Wilberforce Winchester Walsingham III here, of the English walruses. And dash it all, I think it's time we learned about some animals. mammal and we're going to run this this is an animal class and with every good class there should be a pretest. right to see what you might know about the animal in question already okay so are you ready Donna
1: I am ready for my pretest. I don't know anything about this animal so <laughs> except they're cute you know, that's all I know
0: about them yes well they are in fact small mammals which makes them cute by almost definition <laughs> So, there are three questions on this pretest. Okay. And question number one is How many species of quoll are there?
1: Oh, mmm. Three? That's
0: your first answer. <laughs> we'll check these answers later. Are <laughs> quolls marsupials?
1: Uh, are quolls marsupials?
0: Yes. And how big are tiger quolls?
1: How big are tiger Quolls. Hmm. They are maybe about the size of a squirrel?
0: Alrighty. Now let's see how well you've done. <laughs> okay. Qualls look a bit like... Well, they're very cute. Okay. They're, they're, they're spotted animals. Um, they are all obligate carnivores, which means they eat meat. Uh, they are carnivorous marsupials native to Australia and New Guinea. They are primarily lo- primarily nocturnal and split most of the day in a den. There are six species of qual. Four are found in Australia and two in New Guinea. Okay. There are also two species that are, that we know of that are, that are extinct. Oh. They don't really count, yes. Right. Um, that, we ha- that we found in the fossil record, I should say. Right. The word qual and its variants, Jaqual, Jaqual, or Taqual, are derived from the word Dekwal, in the language of the Gugu Yimithirr people of far north Queensland. I apologize for mangling that pronunciation. I could not find a pronunciation guide. But I am acknowledging people. <laughs> yes. Poles generally shelter in the dens during the day, and they hunt alone at night. Some of them travel up to six miles in a night, which is pretty amazing considering they're between nine and a half and thirty inches long and they have hairy tails which are somewhere between seven or and 14 inches long
1: what's that in metric
0: in metric that is 25 to 75 centimeters and 20 to 35 centimeters respectively Okay. quolls generally breed during winter being marsupials they are marsupials all mammals in Australia are marsupials apparently quoll pups spend the first part of their lives in a pouch. Now here's the interesting thing I think about quoll pouches. Of the six types, the tiger quoll, which is the largest of species, has a, what we would think of as a true pouch in the same way that a kangaroo does. Mm -hmm. But in the other species, it's temporary. Oh, wow. It basically, it's like their belly fat gets away from them and and folds over and makes a pouch, which exits toward the rear.
1: But the other three don't have a true pouch.
0: Yeah, the uh, the only the yeah uh, of the of the six, only one has a true pouch, and the other ones have this sort of temporary pouch.
1: Well, the four, because there's only
0: four extant species, right? No, so there's six extant plus two that we know of from the fossil record. Oh, species.
1: okay. See, see, this is why it's anima class. I'm like, I'm <laughs> confirming with the teacher. Didn't you say this? <laughs> no, I said that. Oh, crap, yeah. I took my well, notes yeah. wrong.
0: Oh. No. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it's six plus two that we know of from the fo- only from the fossil record. Right. So okay. we know that they existed before, but they don't anymore.
1: Okay. Back to the pouches.
0: Yeah, back to pouches. The young quolls, they start out, they're really tiny. They start out about the size of grains of rice.
1: Holy mackerel, that is tiny.
0: Yes, and depending on, and I've, I've got I've read several sources, and they can, and this is one of those things that sort of nature red of tooth and claw, mm-hmm. but they f- frequently have more babies than the, 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 the mother can feed in the pouch. She can only feed six. Wow. Because that's how many you know, teeth she has. Right. But she may have up to eight or twelve.
1: And those guys are just going to die pretty much. Yeah. Aww. It's
0: nature red of tooth and claw. It's sad.
1: Yeah, poor little claws.
0: They will grow, I mean, they, they grow from that to full size in, in roughly a year. Okay. So they have a real strong growth spurt. Right. And the biggest one is the tiger quoll. Now, tiger quolls are sort of a brownish color, mm-hmm. although they can have other colorations. They, can, they also have a black phase, which so, but they all have white spots. Right. So if you can imagine something about the size of a large house cat... With, except with a face like a face like a weasel, and a long tail, and with white spots on it, and that's about as close as I can get to describing a quoll without showing you a picture. Right. And they can get up to about 15 pounds.
1: Wow. How much is that in metric?
0: In metric, that is seven kilograms.
1: Okay. And they're bigger than the other
0: species. Yeah, that's the biggest one. The eastern ones weigh about 1.3 kilograms, which is 2.9 pounds. And the females may weigh as little as 0.9 kilograms, which is about 2 pounds. Mm -hmm. And it actually says the northern quoll is the smallest. The the male may only weigh 400 to 900 grams, which is somewhere between 14 to 32 ounces.
1: So that's (laughs) like squirrel-sized. Yep. So I was wrong about the size of the tiger quail, but right about the northern (laughs) quail.
0: You are, in fact, right about the northern quail. So you you can say you qualified.
1: I qualified.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the females of that species are only about 300 to 500 grams or 11 to 18 ounces. Wow. Barely tipping a pound.
1: Eeny, teeny, eeny.
0: What I found interesting was that One of the things I found... I found many things interesting. Okay. (laughs) I must always check myself when I say, what I found interesting... No, (laughs) I found many things interesting. (laughs) Is that they have pretty short lifespans. They only live, like, two to four years in the wild. Wow. They have a very... Apparently, they have a very exhaustive mating procedure. Right. And most male northern quals die after their first mating season.
1: Holy mackerel.
0: And very... And... And the females fare only a little better, and very few live beyond their second breeding season. Right. And that's just, that just strikes me as extraordinary because that's a lot of that's a lot of work to go through. That is for, for one breeding season. Yeah, for sure. Quolls eat smaller mammals, small birds, lizards, and insects. The spotted tail quoll can eat medium-sized birds and mammals such as possums and rabbits, which are not native to Australia. Smaller quail species eat insects, reptiles, frogs, birds, eggs, small birds, and mammals. Some of them are quite arboreal, and they can climb high into trees to capture prey, including tree-roosting, sleeping birds. Northern quolls, which are the smallest ones, are naturally the most aggressive and the most arboreal. Right. Eastern quolls are the least so. Quolls will eat carrion, which is dead animals and are sometimes seen scavenging around campsites, rubbish bins, and roadsides. Unfortunately, this increases the risk of being hit by cars. Aww. While there used to be more, due to land clearing and growing population, amongst other things, the spotted-tailed quoll is now the largest remaining carnivorous marsupial on the Australian mainland.
1: Wow. The spotted tail quoll?
0: Yeah, your largest predator is about the size of a house cat. Wow. Also, the spotted tail quoll, I think, which is another name for the tiger quoll. Right. The spotted tail quoll boasts one of the strongest bites of any predatory mammal by unit size in the world. In fact, the only thing that beats them on a on a pound for pound basis is the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> Woohoo! Yep, Aussies. Major threats to their survival include toxic cane toad predators such as feral cats and foxes, urban development, and poison baiting. Oh, yeah. There are, however, many conservation programs that are underway that are trying to keep them from becoming extinct. Um, There are captive breeding programs, and they fare pretty well in captive breeding. There is some thought towards domesticating them for pets, because, you know, people, once people become attached to something. Yes. (laughs) And that is a lot of information about coals in a very short period of time.
1: It's called animal class.
0: Yeah. So, do you have any questions?
1: I do. This is our Stump the Teacher segment.
0: Now, let's see if you can stump the teacher. Stump the teacher. the teacher. teacher is easily stumped.
1: Why the massive size variation? Why do you have the little teeny weeny guys and then massive big cat size guys?
0: Well, I, I don't have a definitive answer for that because I am not specifically a cool biologist, but I, I imagine it has to do with their diet. You know, it's the niche that they're in. What are they hunting? Because the smallest ones go after the smallest prey.
1: So did I stump you? Have I officially stumped you or do you do you look let's look at it? I have
0: I have a speculative answer, um, but I I will I will note that it's only a speculative answer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then I I didn't stump you, it just seems like that might be it.
0: It just seems like, it seems like there's a fairly obvious rational explanation for that one. It's the same, because it's the same kind of thing we see in all sorts of other species that have size variation. It almost always has something to do with what they eat.
1: Right. <sighs> I'll confirm your suspicion with further research at some point and we will put the answer on Twitter.
0: Yes, I ima- I, I, I certainly imagine, I certainly am willing to be wrong on this. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, you, it sounds right to me. Yeah. Sounds right to me. Uh, it's just so crazy that they're the same species.
0: I mean, the ranges almost don't overlap. hmm If you look at a map of Australia, each of the ranges is fairly distinct.
1: Right. Okay.
0: They're, they're geographically isolated from each other. Ah, interesting. And of course, anytime you look at a map of Australia, you go, oh my gosh, there's almost nothing there. But you have to remember the middle of Australia has almost nothing in it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they were never there. Right. At least, not in the last hundred thousand years or so. Sure. The name—I I do know some, just some random facts I picked up—that the Australians used to call them all sorts of other things, you know, spotted possums and all sorts of other things. But a naturalist, whose name I do not have on me, who basically said we should try to—who uh, popularized the using the, 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 the native pronunciation, right? So that people actually call them quals rather than. know dirt possums or whatever whatever it was that they they called them before (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, the first known samples were from when captain cook did his circumnavigation right and he picked up some of them and and nobody knows what he and he, he actually wrote down the native names for them right but no one knows what kind he had and i don't know that they survived the trip right of course his cook his trip was longer than their usual lifespan so that wouldn't surprise me
1: yeah that's that's probably true So just a moment to thank our Patreon peeps. You guys are amazing and literally keep the lights on for the show. We appreciate every single one of you. If you haven't joined our Patreon, give us a go. For a buck a month, you get access to our Discord channel and early releases. And then at tier two and above, you can get all sorts of extra content that we are now producing. And there are fabulous merchandise prizes as you go up the tiers. So thank you very much, patrons. We super duper appreciate you. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, man. So now we're doing our post-test.
0: Yep, yeah, now we're doing our post-test. So we're going to revisit the questions we had at the beginning of the class. Okay. And those are, how many species of quoll are there?
1: Oh, six.
0: Yep. And I didn't write down all the names of them. And some of them actually have a lot of different, like, local variation, what they're called. Right. Are quolls marsupials? Yes. Yes, they are. And how big are tiger claws?
1: They are about the size of a house cat. About 15 pounds or 7 kilograms.
0: 7 kitty grams.
1: Yeah, kitty grams, yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well that was very interesting. Thank you very much for my first animal class.
0: First animal class. I hope you all enjoyed this. If you did, let us know. Yes. Thank
1: you so much. This show was produced by me, Donna Hume, on land belonging historically to the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho Native American tribes, with intro music by Kevin McLeod and bed music by Craig MacArthur. Our logo was created by Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was Toph from This Week Today and Kevin Framp as Colonel Wilberforce Winchester Walsingham III.
0: Thanks again for listening. And until next time,
1: be nice to animals, especially quals, because they they are not very many of them left.
0: And they're they're really nice cute, but they're, they are not. They are cute, but not numerous. I, I am happy that they are doing so much in Australia to try to preserve them Me and, too. and their other native creatures. They have, they have come a long way on that front.
1: Yes, I agree. That was a quality show.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) They'll come calling back for more.